The first of my posts was a focus summary of Part 5, Chapters 2 and 3. Katerina Ivanovna had wasted nearly ten of the twenty roubles given to her by Raskolnikov on the funeral dinner, probably out of a poor man's pride, a desire to show the lodgers and Madame Lipovexel that Marmeladov was in no way their inferior, and that she was not meant for a life of sweeping floors and washing rags. Her mind may have been unhinged by illness, but she was not broken-spirited. Katerina Ivanovna herself had seen to purchasing the abundant provisions, with the help of one of the lodgers, a little Pole, who ran around for her all day and was anxious that everyone should be aware of it. At first she felt she could not have got on without this serviceable and magnanimous man. By the end she was sick of him. It was characteristic of Katerina Ivanovna to paint new acquaintances in glowing colors, inventing virtues in them that she would start to believe herself. Then, all of a sudden, she would find herself disillusioned and rudely repulse the person she had just adored. At first, she even bestowed this generous outlook on Madame Lipovexel, who had undertaken to lay the table for the supper and had done her job well. But Katerina Ivanovna is displeased when Madame Lipovexel meets the party returning from the cemetery with pride in this job well done. She resents Madame Lipovexel both for her pride and for her cap with new ribbons, and she consoles herself with the thought that in the house of her father, the colonel, Madame Lipovexel would not even have been allowed in the kitchen. For the time being, she contents herself with treating her coldly but inwardly she resolves to put her in her place. Katerina Ivanovna is further irritated by the fact that only the poorest of the lodgers show up. The older and more respectable of them, like Luzhin, stay away, even though, according to Katerina Ivanovna's glowing inventions, he was a friend of her first husband's, a guest in her father's house, and a generous man, set on helping her to obtain a pension. Lebeziatnikov, too, did not come, though he was only asked out of kindness. The party consists of the Pole, a wretched-looking man in a greasy coat who smells abominably, a deaf and blind man who had once worked in the post office, and a retired clerk who is drunk. It irritates Katerina that these are the guests for whom she made all the preparations and denied her own children places at the table. She meets them with increased dignity and even haughtiness, and since she blames Madame Lipovexel that the others did not come, she begins treating her with extreme nonchalance. Almost at the moment they return from the cemetery, Raskolnikov comes in. Katerina is glad to welcome him, especially since, she glowingly invents, he is to take a professorship in two years. She makes him sit beside her, and between supervision of the guests and fits of coughing, she whispers apologies to him for the failure of the dinner, and makes mocking comments about that conceited baggage, Madame Lipovexel. Sonia arrives, and Katerina Ivanovna tells her to take her place next to Raskolnikov. Sonia hastens to offer Luzhin's apology, saying, loud enough for everyone to hear because she knows it will gratify Katerina Ivanovna's pride, 
that he will come immediately to discuss business with her. As she sits, she glances at Raskolnikov, but the rest of the time seems to avoid looking at or speaking to him. Katerina Ivanovna tells Raskolnikov that it is understandable Luzhin wouldn't have wanted to find himself in such extraordinary company, and she thanks Raskolnikov for not disdaining her hospitality, even in such surroundings. She begins again to be irritated with her guests, calling the deaf man an imbecile, and telling Madame Lipovexel that these dressed-up draggle-tails would not have been accepted as cooks in her father's kitchen. She says her late husband would have done them honor if he had invited them, and the clerk comments that he did love his drink. She attacks him, defending Marmeladov as an honorable, kind-hearted man who drank with people not worth the sole of his shoe. She says she was cruel to him only because she feared that he would drink again if she were kind. The clerk continues to mock Marmeladov, Katerina Ivanovna flushes, snaps at him, and seems on the verge of making a scene, and the other guests watch, sniggering and delighted. Raskolnikov listens to it all with disgust, and Sonia observes Katerina Ivanovna's growing irritation with distress. Madame Lipovexel and Katerina Ivanovna begin combatively competing with each other for esteem in the eyes of the company. Katerina Ivanovna tells Raskolnikov of her plans to open a school for the daughters of gentlemen in her native town, and, as if to prove she has a right to do so, she produces the certificate Marmeladov had spoken of in the tavern that proves she had come from a genteel family. She says that Sonia will go with her and help her in the plans, and someone at the other end of the table lets out a guffaw. Katerina Ivanovna and Madame Lipovexel feud over proper management of a boarding school, over the merits of their fathers, and over the rent. Katerina Ivanovna loses her temper, threatening to tear off Madame Lipovexel's cap and trample it under her foot, and Madame Lipovexel shouts at her to leave the lodgings that minute. Sonia restrains Katerina Ivanovna, but when Madame Lipovexel says something about the yellow ticket— she pushes Sonia away and flies at her to carry out her threat. At that moment, Luzhin appears on the threshold. Katerina Ivanovna cries to him to remember her father's hospitality and protect her and her children. He waves her off, saying that he never knew her father and that he doesn't intend to take part in her squabbles. He asks to have a word with Sonia. Katerina is in disbelief that he denies knowing her father, though she had made it up. Luzhin's contemptuous manner and business-like tone attracts everyone's attention, and the clamor dies down. A minute later, Lebeziatnikov appears in the doorway and stands still, watching with marked interest. Luzhin addresses himself to the group, asking them to excuse him for the interruption. Turning to Sonia, he says that immediately after her visit, he found a hundred-ruble note missing from his table, and he asks her to tell him where it is now. Silence reigns in the room, and Sonia stands pale, staring, and unable to speak. At last, 
she says faintly that she knows nothing about it. Lucian tells her that if he were not entirely certain, he would not venture to accuse her so directly. He lays out the facts that make him sure. He knows exactly how much money was on the table. The whole time she was present, she behaved with exceeding embarrassment, and, when he returned to the table after walking her to the door, a hundred-ruble note was missing. The only other person present was Lebeziatnikov, whom he cannot suspect. Given these facts, he was compelled, against his will, to entertain a suspicion against Sonia. He accuses her of a black ingratitude for stealing from him after he had been so generous. Sonia whispers in terror that she took nothing, and she offers his ten roubles back. Raskolnikov stands watching her with glowing eyes. Luzhin tells Madame Lipovexel that they must summon the police, and she throws up her hands, saying she knew Sonia was a thief. He begs her to recall that her words were uttered before witnesses. Katerina Ivanovna calls them all wretches for accusing her, flies to Sonia, and flings her arms around her waist, takes the ten-ruble note from her, and throws it at Luzhin, hitting him in the eye. She lashes out, calling Luzhin an idiot, and Madame Lipovexel a sausage-eater, and she shrieks that Sonia, whom they have called a thief, would give away her last penny. She orders them to search her, and says that if they don't find it, she will go to the Tsar himself to seek justice. She drags Sonia before Luzhin, who awkwardly tries to determine an appropriate way to conduct the search. Finally, Katerina herself turns Sonia's pockets inside out, and a piece of paper flies out and falls at Luzhin's feet. He stoops to pick it up, lifts it for all to see, and unfolds a hundred-ruble note. Madame Lipovexel screams at her that she is a thief, that she must leave the lodging, and that she ought to be sent to Siberia. Raskolnikov keeps his eyes fixed on Sonia, who stands as if unconscious, and then collapses in tears. She lets out a heart-rending wail, insisting she knows nothing about it. Even in the face of the obvious fact, Katerina Ivanovna cries out that she believes her. Kissing Sonia's hands and face, she tells the crowd that they don't know what a heart she has, and that she would go barefoot to help them if they needed it. She pleads with Raskolnikov to defend her. The wail of this consumptive woman, with hoarse voice and blood-stained lips, is so piteous that everyone feels for her, and even Luzhin is moved to compassion. He reassures her that he accuses her of nothing, since she was clearly ignorant of the crime, and that Sonia's actions do not reflect on her. He tells Sonia that he is willing even now to overlook the insult lavished upon him, and let this simply be a lesson to her in the future. He glances at Raskolnikov who looks prepared to reduce him to ashes. Katerina Ivanovna and the children embrace Sonia from all sides and weep. Suddenly, from the doorway, a loud voice shouts, How vile! It is Lebziatnikov, 
and he strides into the room, looking sternly at Lucian, and calling him a slanderer and a scoundrel. Raskolnikov watches intently, seizing on every word. Lebeziatnikov says that he had been watching this scene, waiting to understand it, and though he still cannot make sense of Lucian's motives, he can take an oath as a witness that he saw Lucian put the hundred-ruble note in Sonia's pocket while he was saying goodbye to her at the door. While Lucian asks what is the matter with him, calls him a liar and a drunk, and insists he can see nothing with his bad eyes, Lebziatnikov explains how he saw Lucian take the note, fold it up in his hand, and slip it into her pocket. He assumed Lucian meant to do Sonia a kindness without Lebziatnikov seeing. Katerina Ivanovna sinks on her knees before him, begging him to protect Sonia, and saying, God has sent him. Lucian asks indignantly why he would do such a thing, and Lebziatnikov says that is what he cannot make out. Maybe to hide his benevolence from Lebziatnikov, who he knows disapproves private charity? Maybe to give Sonia a surprise? Maybe to test her gratitude, to see whether she would come back to thank him? The idea had struck Lebziatnikov that she might lose it before she noticed it. So he had come to tell her about it when he stumbled on this scene. His long-winded and heroic harangue leaves him exhausted and streaming with sweat. Lucian shouts that he has no evidence, that he dreamt it all, and that he is only saying it from spite because Lucian disagrees with his godless convictions. Lebziatnikov swears he will take an oath before the police, but says he just cannot understand what would make Lucian risk such a contemptible action. But Raskolnikov can. He says that from the beginning he suspected some scoundrelly intrigue. He says that Lucian had been engaged to his sister Dunya, but that coming to Petersburg he quarreled with Raskolnikov. Since he had seen Raskolnikov give money to Katerina Ivanovna, he decided to use this information to divide Raskolnikov from his family. He wrote to them to impugn Sonia's character and Raskolnikov's attitude toward her, and to say Raskolnikov had squandered the money they gave him on an unworthy object. Before his mother and sister, Raskolnikov had defended his actions and declared that Luzhin was not worth Sonia's little finger. Luzhin was unpardonably rude to them and was turned out of the house for good. In staging this scene, he sought to prove that Sonia was a thief and to show Dunya and her mother that he was right in his suspicions. He wished to estrange Raskolnikov from his family and to get revenge on him. He speaks all these words clearly, firmly, and exactly, and he makes a great impression on everyone. Lebeziatnikov sees immediately that he is right. Luzhin turns pale and appears eager to escape. Sonia had listened with attention and seemed only now to be regaining consciousness. She stares at Raskolnikov as if all her safety lies in him. Everyone crowds around Luzhin, shouting threats and abuse while he tries to make his way out, still insisting that he will prosecute. 
Lebziatnikov shouts at him that everything is over between them, and he must leave his room at once. Sonia had believed that she could escape misfortune by care and kindness, and the disappointment is more than she can bear. Her heart throbs with bitterness and anguish, and she is overcome with hysterical weeping. She rushes out of the room and runs home. In the midst of the confusion, the clerk had flung a glass at Lusion, hitting Madame Lipovexel with it instead. She shrieks with fury and rushes at Katerina Ivanovna, considering her to blame, and she tells her to leave the lodgings at once. Katerina Ivanovna wails over the injustice of being mistreated at her husband's funeral dinner by a vile creature who had just eaten her bread. With flashing eyes, she sobs, Is there no justice on earth? Then, as if inspired, she tells the children to wait for her, even if they have to wait in the street, and she proclaims that she is going out to see whether there is justice on earth. She throws a shawl over her head and runs out into the street. The children crouch in a corner, terrified. The lodgers continue to talk and quarrel, and some break into song. And Raskolnikov sets off for Sonia's lodgings, thinking, We shall see what you say now. <laughs>